Chapter Thirty of John Thursday by Lewis Joseph Vance. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. With scant delay, Joan began to pick up acquaintances. Nothing is easier in that milieu to which the girl dedicated herself. The process of widening her circle began with meeting the girl whom Joan had heard singing in the adjoining bedchamber they passed twice in the corridors of the astoria inn before joan had been resident there twenty-four hours and on the second occasion the girl with the voice nodded in a friendly way and inquired if joan didn't think the weather was simply awfully lovely today. joan replied in the affirmative and their acquaintance languished for as long as twelve hours then toward six in the evening the girl presented herself at joan's door in a condition of candid deshabille wishing to borrow a pair of curling irons being accommodated she came on into the room perched herself on the edge of the bed and made herself known her name was minnie hessian and she had been singing in the chorus for seven years originally a prettyish plump-bodied brunette she was at present what she herself termed black and tan in the middle of the process of letting her hair go back her father was chief of police of some western city name purposely withheld joan was however assured that she would be surprised if she knew what city and her folks had heaps of money and had been wild with her when she insisted on going on the stage but goodness dearie when you've got temperament what you going to do nobody outside of the business ever understands all the same much as the folks disapproved of her carving out a career for herself whenever she got hard up all she had to do was telegraph straight back home she was of course at present without employment but joan was advised to wait until arley arlington got back into town arley never forgot a girl who had not only a good voice but some figure if miss hessian did say it herself they went shopping together the following afternoon and in the evening dined together at a cheap italian restaurant counterpart of that to which quard had first introduced joan and the sisters dean joan paid the bill by no means a heavy one and before they went home stood treat for the movies after that their friendship ripened at a famous rate if exclusively at joan's expense before it had endured a week joan had loaned many ten dollars toward the end of its first fortnight she mortally offended the girl by refusing her an additional twenty and the next day minnie moved from the astoria inn without the formality of paying her bill or even of giving notice the management philosophically confiscated an empty suitcase which she had been too timorous to attempt to smuggle out of the house everything else in her room had mysteriously vanished and considered this incident closed in this the management demonstrated its wisdom in its day and generation it never saw miss hessian again nor did joan but through the chorus girl as well as independently joan had contracted many other fugitive friendships she never lacked society after that whether masculine or feminine men liked her for her good looks and unaffected high spirits women tolerated her for two reasons because she was always willing to pay not only her own way 
but in others and because she was what they considered a swell dresser her presence was an asset to whatever party she lent her countenance frankly revelling in freedom regained and intoxicated by possession of a considerable amount of money she let herself go for a time quite heedless of expense or consequence within a month she had become a familiar figure in such restaurants as burns churchill's and shanley's and her laughter was not infrequently heard in jack's when all other places of its class boasted closed doors and drawn blinds inevitably she acquired a somewhat extensive knowledge of drink most of all she learned to love that champagne which matthias had been too judicious to supply her and from which she had abstained out of consideration for cord's weakness but now there was no reason why she should not enjoy it in such moderation as was practised by her chosen associates she preferred certain swedish and heady brands whose correspondingly low cost rendered them more easy to obtain but with all this she never failed to practise a certain amount of circumspection in one respect she refrained from growing too confidential about herself that she had been the leading woman with the lie was something to brag about the very cards which she had been quick to have printed proclaimed the fact loudly in imitation old english engraving but that she had been wife to its star was something which she was not long in discovering wasn't generally known the success of the sketch was a byword of envy among actors facing the prospect of an idle summer and the route columns of variety told her that in line with her prediction quard had somehow surmounted his san francisco predicament and was continuing to guide the little play upon its triumphal course but quard himself had always been too closely identified with stock companies of the second class to have many friends among those with whom his wife was now thrown actors for the most part of the so-called legitimate stage with scant knowledge or experience little at least that they would own to of theatrical conditions away from broadway and the leading theatres of a few principal cities so joan kept her own counsel about her matrimonial adventure its publication could do her no good if possibly no harm and she preferred the freedom of ostensible spinsterhood her wedding ring had long since disappeared from her hand giving place to the handsome diamond with which matthias had pledged her his faith furthermore such dissipation as she indulged in was never permitted to carry her beyond the borderline which in her understanding limited discretion in her relations with men she enjoyed leading them on but marriage had made her too completely cognizant of herself to permit of any affair going beyond a certain clearly defined point she couldn't afford to throw herself away and more than once she checked sharply and left an undrained glass warned by her throbbing pulses that she was responding a trace too ardently to the admiration in the eyes of some male companion of the evening but there were only two whom she held dangerous to her peace of mind one because she was afraid of him the other because she admired him against her will the first was an eccentric dancer and comedian calling himself billy salute 
a man of middle age and old beyond his years in viciousness the gymnastic violence of his calling in great measure counteracted the effects of his excesses and kept him young in body he was a constant and heavy but what was known to joan's circle as a safe drinker drunkenness never obliterated his consciousness or disturbed his physical equilibrium in spite of its web of wrinkles his skin remained fair and clear as a boy's and retained much of the fresh colouring of youth but his eyes were cold and hard and profoundly informed with knowledge of womankind his regard affected joan as had marbridge's that day at tanglewood under its analysis she felt herself denuded pretense were futile to combat it the man knew her he made no advances but he watched her closely whenever they were together and she knew that he was only waiting patient in the conviction that he had only to wait and thus he affected her with such fear and fascination that she avoided him as much as possible but he was never far out of her thoughts he lingered always on the horizon of her consciousness like the seemingly immobile yet portentous bank of cloud that masks the fury of a summer storm the other man pursued her without ceasing he was young not over twenty-five or six an age to which joan felt herself immeasurably superior in the knowledge and practice of life and happened to be the one man of her acquaintance who was neither an actor nor connected with the business side of the stage by some accident he had blundered from newspaper reporting to writing for cheaply sensational magazines and from this to writing for the stage it is true that his achievements in this last quarter had thus far been confined to collaboration with a successful playwright on the dramatization of one of his stories but that didn't lessen his self-esteem and assertiveness he claimed extraordinary ability for himself in a quite matter-of-fact tone and on his own word was on terms of intimacy with every leading manager and star in the country nobody joan knew troubled to contradict his pretensions and despite that wide and seasoned view of life she believed herself to possess she was still inexperienced enough to credit more than half that he told her never appreciating that had the man been what he claimed he would have had no time to waste toadying to actors he might if not discouraged prove very useful to her in fact he promised to repeatedly more than this his attentions flattered her more than she would have cared to confess even to herself he didn't lack wit wasn't without intelligence and the power of his imagination couldn't be denied thus he figured to her as the only man of mental attainments she had known since matthias it was something to be desired by such as this one even though his abnormally developed egotism sometimes seemed appalling it manifested itself in more ways than one in his strut in the foppishness of his dress in his elaborate affectation of an english accent he was a small person by the average standard and slender but well formed and wore clothing admirably tailored if always of an extreme cut his cheeks were too fleshy almost plump something which had the effect of making his rather delicate features seem pinched near-sighted he wore customarily a horn-rimmed pince-nez from which a wide black ribbon 
dangled like a mourning band his name was hubert fowey so joan tolerated him encouraged him moderately through motives of self-interest checked him with laughter when he tried to make love to her secretly admired him even when his conceit was most fatiguing and wondered what manner of women he had known to make him think that she would ever yield to his insistence she had been nearly six weeks in new york when she awoke one morning to rest in languorous regret of a late supper the preceding night and to wonder whither she was tending spurred to self-examination by that singularly clear introspective vision which not infrequently follows intemperance at least when one is young she was reminded sharply that since returning to town she had made hardly a single attempt to find work beyond having her professional cards printed and this was the edge of summer where would the autumn find her slipping quickly out of bed she collected her store of money and counted it for the first time in several weeks the sum total showed a shocking discrepancy between cold fact and the small fortune she had all along been permitting herself to believe she possessed even allowing for these heavy initial purchases on returning to new york her capital had shrunk alarmingly she began anew that day the rounds of managers offices also she laid down for her guidance a rigid schedule of economies only by strict observance thereof would she be able to scrape through the summer without work or financial assistance from some quarter characteristically she mourned now but transiently that she had so long deferred going to see her mother and edna something now obviously out of the question they would want money to a certainty and joan had none to spare them a few days later she moved to share half and half the expenses of a three-room apartment on fiftieth street near eighth avenue with a minor actress whom she had recently met and taken a fancy to life was rather less expensive under this regime the young women got their own breakfasts and as a rule lunches that were quite as meagre repast chiefly composed of crackers cold meats from a convenient delicatessen shop but sometimes a bottle of beer shared between two if no one offered a dinner in exchange for their society they would dine frugally at the cheaper restaurants of the neighborhood but their admirers they shared loyally if one were invited to dine the other accompanied her as a matter of course an arrangement apparently conducive to the most complete intimacy neither party thereto doubted that she was in the full confidence of the other there were none the less reservations on both sides harriet morrison joan's latest companion was a girl whose very considerable personal attractions and innate love of pleasure were balanced by greenish eyes a firm jaw and the sincere conviction that straight going and hard work would lead her to success upon the legitimate stage she knew joan for an incurable opportunist with few convictions of any sort other than that she could act if given a chance and that men if properly managed would give her that chance for one so temperamentally her opposite hattie couldn't help entertaining some unspoken contempt on the other hand she believed joan to be decent as yet and having the cost of living permitted her to indulge in the luxury of a weekend at the seaside 
once or twice a month one day near the first of july the two happening to meet on broadway after a morning of fruitless search for engagements turned for luncheon into shanley's new restaurant by way of an unusual treat they had barely given their order when matthias came in accompanied by a manager who had offices in the bryant building and sat down at a table not altogether out of speaking distance to cover her discomfiture which betrayed itself in flushed cheeks joan complained of the heat an explanation accepted by hattie without question since matthias had not yet looked their way joan prayed that he might not but the thing was inevitable and it was no less inevitable that he should look at the precise instant when joan unable longer to curb her curiosity raised her eyes to his for a moment she fancied that he didn't recognize her but then his face brightened and he nodded and smiled coolly perhaps but civilly without the least evidence of confusion they might have been the most casual acquaintances and indeed the incident would probably have passed unremarked but for the promptings of joan's conscience she was sure the glance of matthias had shifted from her face to the hand on which his diamond shone and had rested there for a significant moment as a matter of fact nothing of the sort had happened matthias was absorbed in negotiations concerning an old play which had caught the fancy of the manager joan though he knew her at sight was now too inconsiderable a figure in his world for him to recall off-hand that he had ever made her a present nevertheless the girl coloured furiously and blushed again under the inquisitive stare of her companion who's that who joan muttered sullenly the fellow who bowed to you just now oh that joan made an unconvincing effort at speaking casually a man named matthias a playwright i believe oh said the other girl quietly never done anything much has he i don't know you don't know him very well there was a touch of irony in the question that struck sparks from joan's temper that's my business i beg your pardon hattie drawled exasperatingly and the incident was considered closed though it didn't pass without leaving its indelible effect upon their association with joan it had another result it made her think retrospectively examining the contretemps after she had gone to bed that night she arrived at the comforting conclusion that she had been a little fool to think that matthias held that old ring against her he hadn't been her lover for several weeks without furnishing the girl with a fairly clear revelation of his character he was simple-hearted and sincere she could not remember his utter one ungenerous word or being guilty of one ungenerous action and she didn't believe he could make room in his mind for an ungenerous thought now if she were to return it he would think that fine of her of course she must take it back in person if she returned it by registered mail he would have reason to believe her afraid to meet him that she had been frightened by his mere glance into sending it back not that she hadn't every right in the world to keep it if she liked there was no law compelling a girl to return her engagement ring when she broke with a man but matthias would admire her for it 
moreover it was just possible that he hadn't as yet arrived at the stage of complete indifference toward her and he had the ear of the managers nerving herself to the ordeal two days later she dressed with elaborate care in the suit she had worn on her flight from quard newly sponged and pressed it was quite presentable if a little heavy for the season moreover it lacked the lustre and style of her later acquisitions it wouldn't do to seem too prosperous it was a saturday afternoon and hattie had taken herself off to a nearby ocean beach for the weekend something for which joan was grateful inasmuch as it enabled her to dress her part without exciting comment to her relief a servant new to the house since her time answered her ring at the bell of number two eighty nine and with an indifferent nod indicated the door to the back parlor behind that portal matthias was working furiously against time carpentering against the grain that play to discuss which he had lunched at shanley's the managerial personage having offered to consider it seriously if certain changes were made and the playwright was in haste to be quit of the job not only because he disapproved heartily of the stipulated alterations but further because he was booked for some weeks in maine as soon as the revision was finished humanly then he was little pleased to be warned through the medium of a knock that his work was to suffer interruption he swore mildly beneath his breath glanced suspiciously at the non-committal door growled brusque permission to enter and bent again over the manuscript refusing to look up until he had pursued a thread of thought to its conclusion and nodded that same all chip shape and when at length he consented to be aware of the young woman on his threshold waiting in a pose of patience her eyes wide with doubt and apprehensions his mind was so completely detached from any thought of joan that he failed at first to recognize her but the alien presence brought him to his feet quickly enough i beg your pardon he said with an uncertain nod you wish to see me about something closing the door joan came slowly forward into stronger light you don't remember me she asked half perplexed half wistful of aspect but i thought the other day at shanley's but of course i remember you matthias interrupted with a constrained smile but i wasn't uh, expecting you not exactly you understand oh yes joan replied in subdued and dubious accents i understand she waited a moment watching narrowly under cover of assumed embarrassment the signs of genuine astonishment which matthias felt too keenly to think of concealing then she added an uneasy of course of course matthias echoed witlessly you wanted to see me about something he iterated wandering with an effort he pulled himself together won't you sit down uh joan thank you said the girl but i'm afraid i'm in the way she amended dropping back into the old worn easy-chair oh no i the insincerity of his disclaimer was manifest in an apologetic glance toward the manuscript and a hasty thrust of fingers up through his hair joan caught him up quickly oh but i know i am so i shan't stay she said settling herself comfortably i only ask a minute or two of your time you don't mind mind why i 
certainly not she looked down as if disconcerted by his honest perplexed questioning eyes i was afraid you might after after what's happened he fumbled for a cigarette beginning to feel more calm less nervous than annoyed the fact of her unruffled self-possession had at length penetrated his understanding no he said slowly rolling the cigarette between his palms i don't mind in the least if i can be of service to you but i was very foolish joan persisted and and unkind i've been sorry ever since don't be matthias begged his tone so odd that she looked up swiftly and coloured thus far everything had gone famously quite as rehearsed in the theatre of her optimistic fancy but the new accent in his voice made her suddenly fear lest after all the little scene might not play itself out as smoothly as it had promised to don't be matthias repeated coolly it's quite all right take my word for it as far as i'm concerned you've nothing at all to reproach yourself with her flush deepened you mean you didn't care matthias smiled but not unkindly i mean he said slowly neither of us really cared speak for yourself joan cut in with a flash of temper but he obtained her silence with a gentle gesture please i mean we both lost our heads for a time that was all there was to it i think naturally it couldn't last you were wise enough to see that first and ah did the only thing you decently could when you threw me over i understood that at once but i she began in a desperate effort to regain lost ground i was afraid you hate and despise me not a bit joan believe me not for an instant when i had had time to think it all out i was simply grateful i could never have learned to hate or despise you as you put it whatever happened but if you hadn't been so sensible and far-sighted the affair might have run on too far to be remedied in which case we both have been horribly unhappy this was so far from the attitude she had believed he would adopt that joan understood her cause to be worse than forlorn it was lost lost that is until it could be saved by her premeditated heroic measure fumbling in her bag she found his ring perhaps you're right she said with a little sigh anyhow it's like you to put it that way but what i really came for was to return this she offered the ring he looked startled from it to her face hesitated and took it oh thanks he said adding quite truthfully i'd forgotten about that and tossed it carelessly to his work-table where rolling across the face of a manuscript it oscillated momentarily and settling to rest seemed to wink cynically at its late possessor joan blinked hastily in response there was a transient little mist before her eyes and momentarily her lips trembled with true emotion the scene was working out more painfully than she had ever in her direst misgivings dreamed it might deep in her heart she had all along nursed the hope that he would insist on her retaining the ring that would have been like the matthias of her memories 
but now he seemed to think that she ought to be glad thus to disburden her conscience and by just so much to modify her indebtedness to him struck by this thought joan gasped inwardly and examined with startled eyes the face of matthias it was her first reminder of the fact that he had left her one hundred and fifty unearned dollars she had forgotten all about that till this instant otherwise she would have hesitated longer about calling she wondered if he were thinking of the same thing but his face afforded no index to his thoughts he wasn't looking at her at all in fact but down in abstraction studying the faded pattern of the carpet at his feet she wondered if perhaps it would advance her interests to offer to return the money to pay it back bit by bit when she found work but wisely she refrained from acting on this suggestion i'm sorry i was so long about bringing it back she resumed with an artificial manner i was always meaning to you know and always kept putting it off you know how it is when you're on the road one never seems to have any time to oneself i quite understand matthias assured her gravely she grew sensitive to the fact that he was being patient with her but i really mustn't keep you from your work she said rising you you knew i was working didn't you i heard matthias evaded in a roundabout way that you were playing in vaudeville the girl nodded vigorously oh yes i was all over playing the lead in a sketch called the lie it was a regular knockout you ought to have seen how it got over it's still playing somewhere out west i guess you left it then matthias asked bored heartily wishing her out of the house she was aching to know if he had learned of her marriage but then she felt sure he couldn't possibly have heard about it still she wondered if he did know would it modify his attitude toward her in any way yes she resumed briskly to cover her momentary hesitation i left it the week we played frisco i had to the star and i couldn't seem to hit it off somehow you know how that is and yet you must have managed to agree with him pretty well from all i hear what did you hear did he really know then why matthias explained ingeniously you must have been with the sketch for several months by your own account you couldn't have been bickering all that time confidence returned oh that yes of course but i could see it coming a long ways ahead so i quit and came back to look for another engagement you she broke off stammering beg pardon matthias queried curiously joan flushed again you don't know of anything i could do just now i suppose he shook his head not at present i'm afraid if you should hear of anything it would be awful good of you to let me know depend on me i shall care of the dramatic mirror will always get me i shan't forget well she offered him her hand with a splendidly timid smile i suppose it's good-bye for good this time matthias accepted her hand shook it without a tremor and released it easily i've a notion it is joan he admitted she returned toward the door advanced a pace or two and paused 
they say arlington's going to make a lot of new productions next fall yes well i was wondering if you wouldn't mind putting in a good word for me i would be glad to but unfortunately i don't know mr arlington but you know mr marbridge and everybody says he's arlington's silent partner matthias looked as uncomfortable as he felt i am not sure that is true he said slowly and well to tell the truth marbridge and i aren't on the best of terms i'm afraid i couldn't influence him in any way except perhaps to prejudice him oh joan said blankly it came to her in a flash that the two men might have quarrelled about her thanks to the obvious fascination she had exerted over marbridge that age-old day at tanglewood i suppose she ventured pensively i might go to see him mr marbridge myself i'm afraid i can't advise you this time the accent of finality was unmistakable joan bridled with resentment after all he'd no real call to be so uppish simply because she hadn't let him stand between her and her career you don't really think i ought to go and see him do you i wish you wouldn't ask me joan but i've got no one to advise me if you don't think it wise i wish you'd say so i thought perhaps it was a chance matthias shrugged excessively irritated by her persistence i can only say that i wouldn't advise any woman to look to marbridge for anything honourable he said reluctantly oh the girl said in a startled tone but i'm sorry you made me say that it's none of my affair please forget i said it but you make it so hard for me i he cried indignantly i make it hard for you well i come to you for advice friendly advice and you close in my face the only door i can see to any sort of work it's it's pretty hard i can act i know i can act i guess i proved that when i was with charlie mr quard the star of the law you know i couldn't have stuck as long as i did if i hadn't had talent but back here in new york all that doesn't seem to count here i've been going around for two months and all they offer me is a courts job with some road company but arlington he employs more girls than anybody in the business i know he'd give me a chance to show what i can do if i could only get to him and then you tell me not to try to get to him the only way i know abruptly joan ceased breathing heavily after that long and even to her unexpected speech but it had been well delivered she could feel that she clenched her hands at her sides in a gesture plagiarized from a soubrette star in one of her infrequent scenes of stage excitement and stood regarding matthias with wide accusing eyes his own were blank he was trying to account to himself for the fact that this girl seemed to have the knack of making him feel a heartless scoundrel even when his stand was morally impregnable even though it were unassailable here was this girl evidently convinced that he had not dealt squarely with her believing that he deliberately withheld out of pique perhaps aid in his power to offer her 
he passed a hand wearily across his eyes and turned back toward his work chair you'd better sit down he said quietly while i think this out without a word the girl returned to the armchair and perched herself gingerly upon the edge of it ready to rise and flee she seemed whenever it should pardonably suggest itself to matthias that the only right and reasonable thing for him to do was to rise up and murder her on his part sitting he rested elbows upon the litter of manuscript and held his head in his hands he was sorry now that he had yielded to the temptation to be plain-spoken about arlington and marbridge but she had driven him to it and she was an empty-headed little thing and ought really to be kept out of that galley on the other hand he was afraid that if he allowed himself to be persuaded to help her find a new engagement she would misunderstand his motives one way or another most probably the one he couldn't afford to have her run away with the notion that his affection for her had been merely hibernating he had not only himself he had venetia to think of now to her he had dedicated his life to a dumb quixotic passion some day she might need him some day it seemed certain she would need him she was presently to have a child and marbridge was going on from bad to worse things could not forever endure as they were between those two and then she would be friendless a woman with a child fighting for the right to live in solitary decency but joan if she were headed that way toward the arlington wheel within the wheel of the stage even at risk of blame and misunderstanding matthias felt that he ought to do what could be done to set her back upon the right road it was too bad really and it was none of his business the girl had given herself to the theatre of her own volition after all or had she had the right of choice been accorded her or was it simply that she had been designed by nature especially for that business to which women of her calibre seemed so essential was she after all simply life stuff manufactured hastily and carelessly in an old worn mould because destined solely to be fed wholesale into the insatiable maw of the stage he shook his head in weary doubt and sighed probably he said fumbling with a pen and avoiding her eyes i presume you'd better come back in a day or two say tuesday that will give me time to look round and see what i can scare up for you or perhaps wednesday would be even better he dropped the pen and rose his manner inviting her to leave wednesday she repeated reluctantly getting up again at four if that's convenient yes indeed it is and thank you so much jack no no matthias expostulated wearily no i mean it she insisted you're awfully sweet not to be unkind to me believe me i could never be that then good afternoon good afternoon joan but as he moved to open the door his eyes were caught by the flash from a facet of the diamond and the thought came to him that its presence there assorted ill with his latest assurance to the girl catching it up he offered it to joan as she was about to go and this he said smiling don't forget it please 
automatically her hand moved out to take it but was stayed her eyes widened with true consternation and she gasped faintly you you don't mean it oh yes i do please take it i've really no use for it joan and well you and i know what professional life means he grinned awry i might be of service to you some day with a cry of gratitude that was half a sob but with no other acknowledgment the girl accepted the gift stumbled through the door in a daze and so from the house End of chapter thirty